Welcome back. Episode three of our mini-series, Promises of the Bible. I like that mini-series. Are they really for you? Are they? <laughs> Are they really what you think? Yeah. All right. So let's just jump into it here. Let's get down to it. So uh, for this third part, I chose Jude. Have you ever the heard entire, my... the, the entire book of Jude, actually. Have you ever heard my drum roll? No, I've not. Is it good? It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I can't roll my tongue. Well, oh, that so I sound like that sucks for I spit a lot. That's pretty much for it. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, end of Jude. Man, I could not figure out the third uh, scripture that I wanted to read or cover for this mini series. And uh, I started to turn towards Revelation because I was like, man, there's so many promises in Revelation. And then I like I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or what, but something stopped me. And I'm like, this book of Jude, I don't ever remember reading this. I don't ever remember being taught from this. What in the world? Like, let me read through this. And then I looked and I'm like, oh, it's only a couple pages in my book. Let's knock this out. So anyway, let me read through it real quick and you can follow along. Uh, Jude, the warning of history to the ungodly. Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Let me stop right here. This, um, let me see if I put this, didn't take long to start taking notes here. Um, I wanted to point out that in the NASB, Jude calls himself a bond servant. Yes. I think it's important to understand what a bond servant is. Uh, because in the context, bond servant is known as a slave that works for nothing. Hmm. So he is literally saying, I am a slave who works for nothing of Jesus Christ. And no one's making me. And he's doing it willfully. Yep. That's the, that's, I, I took the note and said that um, this is a sign of Jude submitting himself to the Lord, knowing there is nothing he could do to repay what Christ has done for him. Hmm but willing to do everything he instructs him to do. Yeah. Maybe we should all be like that more often. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith that was once for all time handed down to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for his condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into indecent behavior and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to remind you, though you know everything once and for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe, Hmm. and angels who did not keep their own domain but abandoned their proper dwelling place. Hmm. These he has kept in eternal restraints under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Hmm. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them since they, in the same way as these angels indulged in sexual perversion and went after strange flesh, are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. 
Yet in the same way, these people also dreaming defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak abusively of angelic majesties. But Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him an abusive judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people disparage all the things that they do not understand and all things that they know by instinct, like unreasoning animals. By these things they are destroyed. Woe to them! For they have gone the way of Cain, mm. and for pay they have given themselves up to the heir of Balaam, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are the ones who are hidden reefs in your love feasts when they feast with you without fear, like shepherds carrying only for themselves, clouds without water, carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted. Wild waves of the sea churning up their own shameful deeds like dirty foam, wandering stars for whom the gloom of darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these people that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord has come with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of their ungodly deeds which they have done in an ungodly way. And of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him, these are grumblers finding fault following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. Keep yourselves in the love of God. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, in the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause division, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life, and have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling, to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Amen. So, that it took a couple minutes to get through. Um, but reading that, I've probably read that four times now in the last week. <laughs> Uh, and you may be wondering, what's the promise? Yeah. Because we, you know, in the previous episodes, we covered promises where God is so faithful and God is, you know, loves us and the character of Ooh. God. And Is a wrath promise? Yeah, <laughs> it is. This is a promise that those, a lot of times we think of the promises of God as this great, amazing, like, Bro, no cap. That's a good point. Like, oh, he loves us so much. God loves us so much. He loves you if you're in his will. And like you said in the previous episode, confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior and believed in your heart. But if you don't, this is a promise that he will finish it all. And he will not, you know, you hear people say all the time, oh, God won't be mocked. I don't even want to take a chance after reading that. (laughs) 
Now, question. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Do you think this is a call to any... All right, let, hold on. This is a loaded question, but I think it's necessary. Uh, do you think a non-believer is the same thing as a false prophet? you think they fall into the same category of wrath? Hmm. Like, I feel I like... I would... I Well... I mean, is I it, don't think there's different levels. I, that's what I'm saying. Is a non-believer I, a non-believer? Like the end. So like here's the thing. You've got believers here, a, saved by grace, right? And everyone else. Well, we kind of touched on this before. Well, I'm not talking about the people who can't make a decision. No, 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 no. I, I'm not going to say that, but to a certain degree, I'm going to mention that because if you've never heard the gospel, you don't have a choice to make. I mean, I think there's scripture that says. God won't let anyone not hear the gospel. Right. I think that to be a just God, you have to be able to hold someone accountable for their decision. Right. And I completely agree with decision. you. Right. But then Paul in Romans 1 says, all you have to do is look outside and you see God. It's, it's a deep it, topic. It is a deep topic. It's um, very deep. But my question is, okay, let's say, let me ask you a different way. People who accept Christ versus people who reject Christ— are the people who reject Christ all in this one category of about to get wrath? Yes. Okay. I completely believe that. So whether it's a false prophet or a pedophile or a little old lady who just said no thank you to Jesus, like they're all deserving yes. of wrath. Okay. Yes. Not, I agree with you. Yeah. I just wanted to. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely yeah. agree with that. Um, one thing that I thought was very interesting to me about this scripture. Um, so this is Jude also like Paul in Ephesians. He's writing to Messianic Jews. Um, and what was very interesting is he's writing about things that we're seeing today. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. False prophets in verses 4 through 16. People using the doctrine of Christ for personal gain. Oof. Uh, what I also find interesting is Jude makes the correlation that this has been going on for all of humankind. Of course. Because he, he makes mention from from the beginning of Genesis. And he, in uh, starting around, I think it's verse 5, he starts naming things from the Old Testament that's like, you know, he, he mentions Balaam. Yeah. He mentions the exile out Cain. of Egypt. Um, they walked in the way of Cain. Sexual perversion. Um, and... He also, I, <laughs> this one kind of took me aback too. I, I didn't notate the scripture, but he, he's talking about how people will fall into sin and then they try to attribute it to something godly. Do you have an example? Um, I think this is kind of like a Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland type deal. Hmm. Like using where, Christ for gain? Right. I see. The, the same thing as using Christ for gain. Like, um, if you want hair, touch your head and <laughs> and it'll be given to you. Like, that, I don't know that the gospel says that. I do know the gospel doesn't say that. <laughs> um, and I feel like this is a promise that God will not be mocked. 
he will be just and destroy those who do not fear him. That's true. I feel like even though this is a tiny book in the Bible, it carries a ton of weight. And I also feel like it's a warning to Christians who believe in the doctrine of Christ as Savior to not be deceived by false teachers, to search for the truth and know God's character without having to reference Scripture so you may know God's promises and know what is true and right so that you can quickly identify false teachings. It's a uh, it's an equipping book in scripture. But it is a promise. A breath. He will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. And I think it's important to know that there's promises that show God's character in the light opposite of if you believe Christ is Lord. Well, that's okay. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> That's so true because if you think he's this all-loving, all-providing, just amazing God, yeah. you're going to, I mean, I mean, you kind of fall into this universalist trap where, well, if God's so good, he's not going to smite anybody. Well, that's that's not what he told us. <laughs> I mean, like, how great is a filet, right? $100 Kobe beef filet. How great is that if you've never had anything else? Right. You don't know how good it is. Right. So unless you know that there's people literally eating used diapers in parts of the world, scraping feces out of diapers because that's all they have, you'll never know how good your steak is. That's this. I right. Mean, yeah. Wrath. Right. We, we can sometimes forget wrath. But it's necessary as the backdrop for glory. You know what I mean? Amen. Yeah. It's necessary. Uh, who was it? One of, one of my, maybe Tozer, somebody good, says, uh, there is no good news without bad news. Right. There's just not. Right. Good news without bad news is just news. <laughs> it's just news. It has to be good. That's why the confession, like, I think it was last episode. It was last episode that yeah. I talked about uh, confess with your mouth. That's why that part of it has to do with you understanding the, the wrath. Because now Jesus as Lord seems like the best uh, decision you could ever make. Right, you know? right. So, Yeah, and if yeah, you think God's just sitting up there granting blessings and yeah. showering you with money and cars and houses, and yeah. now that you've accepted Christ as Lord, you're going to get all this cool stuff and life is going to be easy. It's the exact opposite of the gospel. But you might get cool stuff. You might. I mean, we can't say God doesn't bless. Right. No, no, no. I'm not saying no. that. I'm just saying if you believe that's all he does. Or if you believe that's his meaning of blessing. Right. Right? Right. God's more concerned about our spiritual welfare than our physical welfare. He's more concerned about us getting there than living here. Right. I don't think that—there's a lot of people that don't preach that. They preach your best life here. Because there's a lot of people that think— they're here to take the world over to turn it into heaven. So if that's your mindset, it's called it's called a dominion theory, dominion theology. If that's your mindset that you're here to take this world over and make it heaven, then you're going to want your best life here because you're here for good. 
Right. You know, you're going to want all you can get, all the material things you can get because you're making your eternal reign now. But um, if you believe that the Bible tells us that this earth will burn <laughs> and a new one will come and our hope is in glory, not here, then you'll feel less tied to what we have oh, for and sure. more tied to what we're getting. Right. You know, man, I've been to all kinds of one-liners tonight, bro. <laughs> Let's go. You light up the IG reel. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be tied to what you have. Be tied to what you're getting. Come on now. All right. You done? I am done. Good job, bro. I, I, I like Jude. Yeah. That's, I thought that was powerful. It's neglected. It is. It doesn't preach well. <laughs> Wrath and fire. People are like, thank you. Check out. Can I get the check, please? And part of me is like, well, then maybe this isn't for you. Right. Because that should right. make people be like, thank you, Lord. Right. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. But people get mad at wrath. Um, I don't know why. I feel like because the gospel is offensive to those who don't believe. I think Paul right. says that. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> is it Paul? The gospel is offensive to those who don't believe. It's either Paul or one of my friends. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind it's of broad. Either, yeah, it's either Paul or someone else. Yeah. It's, it's one of that. Yeah. Anyway, my last one, my favorite one, one of my favorite ones. Is Romans eight twenty eight, Amen. Let's go. Amen. And I'm going to try and make it quick because, man, I've been studying this this particular scripture for almost two years now. So I feel like I can succinctly wrap get, it up, get through it, put a little bow on it, and make it um, edible. But for a long time, I just I just chewed and chewed and chewed and chewed and chewed on this because if someone gets this. This you picked another you. one that starts with and? This one and, yeah. <laughs> yep, and I'll, I'll cover that. But this verse, this promise, if someone understands it and they believe it, they piss to it, it's life-changing. Right. It's life-changing. 100%. No matter what you go through, you can you can bank on this, and it's life-changing. All right, so It's funny because I have the entire section yeah, highlighted. It's good, man. Everyone should. <laughs> I almost have all of Romans like, marked up. <laughs> right. Everyone should. It's amazing. All right, so... Um, Basically, this whole section, starting in verse 18, is about the future glory. And it's about, like, our, our promise and, and uh, those of us who are Christians and have confessed, found ourselves guilty, found himself merciful, right? By grace, through faith, we've placed all our money on him, everything. For those of us who do that and actively do that and we mess up, we get back on, like, those who have adopted the lifestyle of Jesus only. Um, these are for us. These are for us. So and, less Jesus. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just want everyone to know, if you want to go back and start at 18, verse 18 in Romans 8, this is the kind of the thought. And it's about the future hope. It's about the Holy Spirit helping us now. It's about us as Christians and, and the benefits that we get as being a son of God. So let me go to uh, 26 because... There's a couple ands here, and I want to cover that portion. So 26 says, likewise, which is also a connecting verse, a connecting word, but you know what I'm saying. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That's a different subject right there. Hmm. There are questions about that. That's meanings that people debate on. Yeah. Um, but basically to take away from that verse, the Holy Spirit helps. He helps us. He goes to the Father and he says, Brandon is just beside himself, Lord, but I know what he needs. You know what he needs. Help him. And that's a huge benefit. Amen. Um, and he who searches hearts 
knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know. Now, I love that part because Paul is not just preaching to someone. He's giving his testimony. He's saying, we know. We've experienced this. This is true. It's not like telling someone, listen, man, Amway, you got to go with Amway. Amway, (laughs) The multi-level thing. You got to go with Amway. And your question is, do you have Amway? And they're like, well, no. (laughs) Like, Well, then why would I ever buy anything from you if you... You see what I'm saying? Yeah, Paul's but, like, because we're we're talking about Paul, who was Jewish, rabbinical, like top of the food chain. Yeah. And when the Lord revealed himself to him, he instantly converted. Yes. And said, take it all. Where should, this, what should I do? This Yes. Yeah. What do you want me? This is the type of change that we're talking about. And um, to add on top of that. He was in prison writing this, I think. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> he was literally like beaten and tried to be killed, I think, several times. and Like um, four different times yeah, they tried to kill I him. I mean, he suffered constantly for Jesus Christ. Suffered. To get the gospel to us, for us to read this right now, he went through torture. And um, in the midst of it all, this is what he has to say to this church in Rome. In Rome. And we know that for those who love God, that's that's an issue. That's a contingency. For those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. There's a lot of bop, 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 bop. It's like a puzzle. You know what I mean? Right. And um, if we just read this as a cute little verse, oh, God's going to make it all good. Amen. Well, no, not not for everyone. Jude, Jude tells us. Yeah. <laughs> Jude tells us there's a lot of wrath it's waiting. It's so funny how we've tied this together and we didn't even know it's what scriptures like, we were. Bro, that's the Bible, dude. Oh, amen, that's the Bible. Bro, it's so good. That's why I love it so much. So good. It all ties together. It's right. not 66 stories. It's one big story is told with like 66 different angles. perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just break this down quickly, and um, I want I want everyone um, to know this, and if their life has been changed by Jesus Christ, cling to this cling to this because the enemy's out there bro and he's chirping with his little minions and the, the flesh and the world that we live in they're they're out to get us constantly and sometimes we run out of money and sometimes we get cancer and sometimes we get something as stupid as uh psoriasis or diabetes and sometimes this life isn't worldly prosperous and right. um for us to hang on we need promises right and this is this is one of the most beautiful ones in Amen. Scripture. Amen. And we know that for those who love God, this is the... So have you heard of the word agape? Mm-hmm. You know that love tense mm-hmm. of agape, which means it's an actionable type of love. It's not passive. It's not just like... Me personally, I don't tell very many people I love them at all. There's several people who know that and they tease me. And they're like, love you, bro. And I'm like, all right, man, have a good one. It's just... <laughs> it's a thing. I struggle with that because right. I know how strong that word is. Right. I know how strong... Now I could I could easily say I phileo you, right? Wait, yeah, that's not the sexual one. That's Eros. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I phileo you, bro. Yeah, yeah. That I was gonna like say the brotherly, Greek. The Greek know? has like five different words yes. that we have translated to the word love. Yes, but this love, agape love, uh, agape is the noun. That this thing, agape love, is a noun. It is a type of love. It is a way that you love someone so self-sacrificially that it's not about you anymore. Right. It's about him or, or whatever the object is of that agape love. Now, 
This is the verb tense in this word, agapao, A-O, instead of E or A-E at the end, it's A-O. And it's the same, it's the same type of love, but it's the action part of it. So if we, if we kind of replace that with, and we know that for those who self-sacrificially, action-minded, non-passive, put God as number one in their lives, for those people, does that dwindle our numbers down quite a bit? <laughs> I think so. I think so too. I think so. I think that there might be a lot of phileo love for God. What's up, my dog? Hey, what you got for me today, homeboy? Right. Um, there's a I'm, lot of that. I'm putting my pen number in. Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> there's a lot of um, even relational. Let me sit down and read. Let me religiously, religious love. If I don't even know if that's a thing, but um, there's a lot of that. But this agape love, uh, let me just give you an example. I've had to have hard conversations lately. Bro, this past month or two, man, I've had to do a lot of things I don't want to do. Literally, like shaking in anxiousness, talking to the people I've had to talk to, saying the things I've had to say. However, I love God so much that that's what I, it's worth it. Right. It's worth it. Now, some people may say that's too much. And, and I would say maybe for you, maybe for you, I think that I could lay my head on this table and have someone cut my head off and I'd be like, man, my future's secure. Right. God's allowing that for some reason. It's going to bring glory somehow. That is what it takes to have agapow love for God. You have to be so sure in his love for you that you're willing to give up your love for him. Right. You have to be. And it goes back to doctrine that we talked about. Like, you got to know truth. So this does not apply to cute people that um, love God with their words only. These are not professional love people. Right. These are confessional love people, right. right? I'll give you anything. I see what you gave me. I have nothing compared to give you, but you can have it all. What do you want? You got me. That's this kind of love, agapal love. So for those people who do that, now we see God's sovereignty come into play. And he says, Paul says, he uses all things. That's not just good things. That's not just Christian things. That's that's your sin too, bro. Now this is this is big brain stuff because people are like, God doesn't approve of sin. I know. But he still uses it. Why? Because you're his son. And you've devoted your life to him. You agapow love him. So you know what? He knows your sin is not continual. He's going to show grace in that area and correct you and use it for good. Even your sin. Your car breaks down. You run out of gas. Even your mistakes. Even your mishaps. Even It's all used for good. It's all used for good. You want to talk about comfort. You want to talk about weight off your shoulder. You walk in the grace of God because you know you love him like that. When you love him like that, you claim this promise. Now, maybe you should check yourself and say, do I? Don't claim this unless you do. All right. Because you'll be misled your whole life. <clears throat> and you'll be wondering why God's not doing all these good things for you. Well, the promise isn't for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and that might sound very elitist. And, and I'm sorry, but... The book of Matthew says there's a lot of people who will say, Lord, Lord, right, but won't enter yeah. the kingdom. Right. They'll say it. They'll say it. They will phileo love. Yo, I was saying, I was talking about you all the time, God. Why aren't you letting me in? Well, it was the agape love I was looking for. I wanted your life, not your words. Bro, come on, man. Mm. Now, they all work together for good. Now, who's good? Our good? Yeah. 
His good? Yeah. Is his good our good? Not all the time. <laughs> is our good his good? Maybe not all the time. But are they together like as the promise? I believe it I believe it works like this. When you are giving your life to God, all you want is his good. Right. So when you finally understand that he loves you so much that his good is your good in the long run, this little not so good right now, you have joy during it because you know it's going to turn into good eventually. Right. Eternally. <laughs> Wonderfully. And sometimes maybe it takes getting to eternity. Sometimes. Not everyone's healed here. Right. As a matter of fact, if everyone was healed here, no one would die. Death is a disease, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> 100% of people who are alive die. Yeah. And the people who all died were sick of something or their body wouldn't have died. Right. Like, come on now. Not everything is prosperous and healing. And But God says everything for those, for my people, my agape people, I'm going to work everything for good. So you can bank on that. And you can, you can uh, hold your head high. When you've made a mistake, you can say, God, man, that, what, did I, what was I thinking? I really let my flesh win on that one. And he's going to say, it's okay. I love you. There's correction coming for that because I discipline those that I love. However, it's all going to work for your good because now you won't do it again. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's a good thing. Right. That's a good thing. So anyway, I just, uh, Romans eight twenty eight is one of my favorites. And that's all I got. Do you have any comments on that? No, I think it's beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? It is so beautiful. How about uh, for those who are called according to, I skipped it on purpose, but um, it's because it's, it's a Calvinist Arminius conversation. Right. And um, we don't have time for that. No, we don't. But I will say, I would like to just round that top, that little statement for those who are called according to his purpose. My question would be, do you wake up trying to do as well? If you do, that's you. If you wake up trying to do your own will all the time, every day, then I would say a got love is not your type of love for him. Right. And maybe you're not called to do his purpose. Maybe you're called to do your purpose. But those who want to do his purpose and feel like that's their goal in life, this can apply to you. Right. Now, the Calvinist Arminius portion of it, don't worry about it. We, we can cover that sometime, but that's a long one. There's people that fight over that to this day. I know. I don't, whatever. I mean, just love God. Love Jesus. Thank him for his, his grace and his mercy and love him actionably with all you got. I like that, bro. That was good, I man. Too, yeah. I like that's that. That's good. I like that a lot. But that's it. That's all I got. You got anything else? Should we pray? Sure. Let's, let's end it with prayer, bro. Let's end it with prayer. I'm so excited. I love the Lord. Thank you, God, so much for your words that you've left us. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't Amen. for this, we would just have to assume our thoughts were your thoughts all the time, and that would be no bueno. People do that. Lord, help them. Help them, God. Help them to know that inside our head are tons and tons of bad things. And if we say they're all from you, we're going to be in trouble. We're going to be going by our own wisdom. And Proverbs tells us to not lean on that stuff. Amen. Don't lean on it, but on you. Lean on you, God. So, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for anyone who's hearing this. I pray that the truth of your gospel message sets people free. I pray, Lord, that those who love you with their whole heart can stand on the promises that you will work everything for good, even their mistakes. God, that's freeing. You're too mm. merciful. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Uh, like, we should burn for this stuff that we do, but... God, you say you're looking for those who love you, and, and that's me, and that's Brandon, and that's a lot of people listening to this. Thank you, God. Amen. We love you. May we praise you and bring you more glory than we already do right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good stuff, dude. Very good.